now to Nylander. Centered in front, they score! Yardcrook on a beautiful pass from Willie. And now Marner has stolen it. He's got a breakaway. He's in a goal! Scores! Holy mackinac! The Leafs score a shorty themselves. And they lead it 2-1. to Camp trying to break in. Pass in the way. They score! David Camp makes a brilliant pass. And it is Michael Bunting. The recipient of that largest tied at threes. Nylander into the far corner. Center in front. Matthews scores! 34 snaps it home. And the Leafs power play goal has them out in front. Four to three. The Leafs rally in the third to beat the New Jersey Devils. Four to three. Oh, the life of a Leafs fan. Oh, the life of a Leafs fan, indeed. I feel like that was such a good summary of that that whole business last night from from Ralphie. We never know what to expect, and and Joe Bowen said it right there. So nice to hear Austin Matthews calls game, sends it home on the power play with a really Austin Matthews-esque wrist shot goal. Welcome. Leafs lunch on TSN 1050. It's Julia Tashiri. No Mike DiStefano today. He is on his third cruise, I think, of the calendar year thus far. We'll Unbelievable. Wait for updates, but today we've got Luca Lunch. It's Luca Celebre on <laughs> Leafs Lunch to break down this game between the Devils and the Leafs. I'm I'm always happy to be here. I don't know how he goes on so many cruises. I know. He's got a stamp card. There's something going on. There's a connection with the casino. He'll explain it all someday. But <laughs> that guy and his cruises is quite the phenomenon. Oh, yeah. Uh but but last night was also quite the phenomenon. I didn't really know how to feel going into this one, Luca, because like we know all the factors coming in really just smelt like this isn't an okay game for the Leafs to lose, probably. Except they were coming off that really bad performance in Vancouver on Saturday, so you know we would have had kind of a sour taste in our mouths if we woke up today and they had lost. They were without Ryan O'Reilly. They were without John Tavares. And at the end of a really long two-week road trip with an East Coast game tacked on, how would you like just describe the win last night? Yeah, gutsy kind of comes Gutty's to mind. Gutsy is the word that keeps coming to mind. Yeah, and after that first period, too, especially, to just be kind of dominated in that first period and... Um, the score is it was zero zero after the first right they they were they yeah were even going by some the miracle by, some by the miracle. grace of God <laughs> so even that just felt like getting out of that period zero zero was just gutsy and then um, when they were down three two I, I think if I, I felt like you know what they've they've given it their best shot here um, no shame in losing to a really good New Jersey Devils team on the road like you mentioned road trip minus two of your top six forwards everything kind of going against you and then they score two in the matter of moments and they find a way I, it's one of those wins that maybe I mean you don't want to read into too many regular season wins but I think it is a nice building block win that kind of gives you confidence going into the playoffs and it's against a really good team that you could see down the line. Yeah, there's something encouraging about the Leafs and the fact that last night we all kind of would have been okay if they didn't have a beautiful performance because they were down a couple guys long road trip that I mentioned like I mentioned rather and they didn't take their foot off the gas. They they put whatever they had left in the tank after a really grueling road trip out on the ice last night. And and you're right. I, I don't want to read too much into it either, but there definitely is something promising that, that came with that game, whether it was just, just the effort that they hung around with, even though 
even though there were so many reasons for them to just be like, oh my God, we're going home after this. Like, let's just get this over with. Uh, they still they still put together a, a really impressive performance last night. It was it was a really entertaining game too from start Highly, to finish. Yeah. I was I was just pumped watching it. Like the Devils fans were great. You could feel the atmosphere and it just felt like a really important game rather than a regular season game that they're everyone's just trying to get to the playoffs at this point, especially in the East where the Atlantic and the Metro, the top three have just been wrapped up for months now. So those teams especially are just like, can we just skip ahead to facing Tampa Bay if you're the Leafs and let's just get this kind of over with. But it felt like such an intense game and kind of up and down at stretches where yeah. teams are trading chances and the best players are showing off. Like Jack Hughes was incredible to watch on the Devils side of things. And then for the Leafs, you've got Nylander, Marner, and Matthews who all just had incredible games. Yeah, all three of the that top trio played really well. Uh, Anna Dua was in the building last night. She works for... The NHL, she has lots of fantasy stuff for the NHL Network. She's going to join us at one thirty, so she can walk us through, Luca, what that building was like. I want to ask her in person which one looked better, Mitch's or Austin's, because they were both crazy good. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Woodley at one oh five will join us. We'll chat a little bit about goaltending and the hot debate that's happening around TSN 1050 as to who's going to be the playoff starter. And Nick Alberga, who, who hosts Leafs Morning Take, will join us in 25 minutes to keep getting into this game last night, a 4-3 to three win over the Devils. But for now, let's dive into it a little bit deeper with some stay and go. Well, I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You got to get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. Should I stay or should I go now? Well, I'm a dash one on the day, Luca, because I said stay and go, even though we do this segment after every single Leafs game, and it is very much not called stay and go. It's called stay or go. So let's get in. I feel like our stays might be, or our goes rather, might be a little bit faster than our than our stays, Luca. So you want to give me something you don't want to see again that that we saw last night? Yeah, and I think it's something that a lot of Leaf fans are, are probably talking about, and it's the the Kerfoot top line experiment slash yeah. bunting down the lineup experiment, bunting scoring that huge goal, and Kerfoot just cannot buy one all season long. He's got seven goals this year. I mean, you know what? I, I like the mindset of it because they're five and one when he scores, so maybe yeah. playing him on the top line, he gets a couple of goals playing with those guys and. Um, chances are, I mean, based on five and one when he scores, that you're going to win those games that he scores in. But I just think that I, I've seen enough of the experiment, and I think he's just more valuable Kerfoot down the lineup as opposed to having bunting down the lineup. I, I feel yeah. like just the chemistry that he's built over the last two seasons playing with the Leafs' best players why throw that out now in in trying to just find something different? It's been working, and I know that they have injuries in their top six, and so things are just going to be a little crazy right now, but I also think that's the time where you need consistency and where you have to lean on those lines that you trust more and more, and if you trust him as a player, then I just think he should be getting more minutes and being on that top line as opposed to just trying to spark something in the midst of all this kind of chaos within the lineup. Yeah, so he got a really important goal last night, and Michael Bunting, I think, needed that one. He'd been held off the score sheet. 
for quite a while beforehand. And, and last night was kind of a, I don't know, it, it wasn't a slap on the wrist. But <laughs> there's lots of people saying, like, well, it's not a demotion. They just want to see what's going on. Like, it's, an, it's a demotion. He went from the first line to the fourth line. It is very much a demotion. And Sheldon Keefe and Michael Bunting have, like, when you guys did the called out video at the beginning of the year, didn't they call, like... <laughs> like Michael Bunting, Sheldon Keefe's dad. Oh no, that was Cole Caulfield. But there was lots of jokes about Sheldon Keefe's yeah. relationship with Michael Bunting. Like they have a pretty tight relationship, and they could really go at one another. And Sheldon Keefe isn't afraid to push him. So uh, Michael Bunting has been fighting it a little bit lately. He hasn't had that offensive touch that he had for that one stretch of the season with Marner and Matthews, and and all of last season. But like that was his twentieth goal last night. The guy's making like eight hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. He's two seasons as a twenty goal scorer. It's uh it's electric, and they need him going in the postseason. And I think that that goal just that was great. I think it was a catalyst for something because he needed some confidence. He's been fighting it not just through his play, but I think what's been going on with the officials has been weighing on Michael Bunting a little because. He he's always in the mix, mm-hmm. and you can understand why refs have kind of leaned away from calling things in his favor recently because he was getting a lot of those calls, and and I bet when the refs watch the videos back after the fact, it annoys him a little, and I and they have good reason for that, but uh, Michael Bunting, it was starting to become an issue. Like Matthews and Marner were, were weren't getting calls when he was on the like it was starting to become a little bit of a thing. So I think this reset was required, and to me, Kerfoot just always looked like a placeholder. Like To me, it feels like a given that eventually Michael Bunting is going to get back in that spot, but Sheldon Keefe just need a little reset moment for, for Bunts on the fourth line, and, and last night was that. Okay, what do we want to see stay? There was so much exciting, so many exciting... Oh, no, I have to say my go first. Yeah, my go, go was the entirety of the first period. <laughs> just burn it up. They Don't were getting caved in. Oh, yeah. Like Mitch Marner was pretty good, but then I looked at the numbers for that line and they were getting caved the heck in in the first period. Samsonov made 15 saves. I, I think four of them or five of them <laughs> might have been high danger chances. Like he, he wasn't just making saves and being a presence there in that first period that they really needed one. He made some really difficult saves. He was really stabilizing. Weird what happened in warm-ups, too, also. Eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody's sweating. Uh, we've got our TSN panel on the case. James Duthie's giving live updates as to what's going on with Ilya Samsonov and the way he took the puck in warm-ups. Uh, it looked initially like he had taken it in his knee or something like that, and then it turns out it was he had the same affliction that... Corey Perry had last night, so a little bit of a painful moment, but nothing that'll keep him or injure him, keep him out long term or anything like that. So that was good news, and yeah. and he had an excellent, excellent first period. The other forty minutes weren't necessarily banner, but his performance to be kind of the only guy out there that was dialed in and keeping them in that game in the first period makes up for any goal that you may or may not have liked from that game. I think. Mm-hmm. I think you show him the tape, and then you don't show the rest of the team the tape, and you just burn it forget about it everyone played bad and except for Ilya so he like I mean like you said the the rest of the game there were some up and down moments for sure but they don't get to be in that position to even win that game without that first period and just him keeping it in it because it could have been two nothing easily yeah. three nothing easily after the first and you're looking at a completely different mindset and completely different game. Yeah, and that's a mess to come back from oh, yeah. on the road when when you're tired. But Samsonov gave him the confidence and uh, he's feeling a little bit more confident right now.
feel more confidence right now. Uh, we work with the Curtis a lot about my position because it's sometimes if it's a lot of games in a month, uh, hard to get practices yeah, all the time. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, right now I feel good. Uh, I just think about uh, playoff time. Uh, I need to get ready for a playoff and feel perfect, not injuries, not nothing. He needs to feel perfect. Yes, he does. Uh, that was Ilya Samsonov just talking about his level of confidence right now, his great game last night, and it was great. And I think that's a good way to transition into our stays because my first stay is the 15 saves that he made in the first period to yeah. keep them in it. He was the only guy that was really awake in that first period, and again, it's been a long, grinding road trip for these Leafs, but uh, he was dialed in and they needed him to be in that first. I He's one of my stays too, but specifically him starting on the road because his home and right. road splits are just kind of all over the place this year. He's been not great on the road, and he allowed another three last night, but you can tell that the confidence is building, which is a good thing. And so I think if you kind of teased it before where we're, we're having this goaltending debate of who's going to start yeah. in the playoffs and who uh, who do you lean on, who do you go to. So you know Samsonov is good at home, keep starting him in these road games. I, I don't know what it is this season because looking at his career splits, it's kind of even. And like he's base, basically the same at home as he is on the road. He's pretty even in the stats department, a little better at home. But this season, it's just night and day. It's almost a full goal worse on the road than it is yeah. at home. And so um, I don't know if that's just a mindset thing, if it is a confidence thing, if it's the product of playing back-to-back. I, I don't know. It, situations could be different could be all over the place it could just be this kind of season he's having and he's just much more comfortable playing at home but the way to kind of just give him more confidence going into the playoffs where you're playing two road games in a row against a really good team if you're going to be the guy they lean on keep getting him starts away from home and just giving him more opportunities to shake whatever is going on when he's not playing in Toronto. Yeah, and, and he could look, that's a good point about the win on the road. AB had mentioned that yesterday. He wanted to see Samsonov get, get one on the road, and he did. And it also sets up, I, I think that means that Matt Murray is going to start versus Edmonton on Saturday, hockey night in Canada. Wow. At home in Toronto, <laughs> bright lights. Like, it's quite the thing to, to see Matt Murray go in, and that's going to be really interesting. Okay, a few stays before we got to go and get Nick Alberga on. Uh, I also have the word just kind of gutty effort, and, and I feel like we've talked about this one a lot so far, Luca. Just a game where you kind of had every excuse, excuse rather, to lose, and you didn't. You, you gutted through it. It wasn't pretty. I think if you scroll through the deserve to win meter and, and the charts and the stats and all the analytics, they will say that the Maple Leafs did not deserve to win last night. They, they probably weren't the better team for most of the game, but, but they were gutty. They, they, they dug in and they found a win. And that's how you find wins in the postseason as well. So I, I know, to your point, like we're not going to read into this majorly, but it's encouraging. It definitely is. And I think it's also one of those things that supports, like, They've got, when JT is healthy, four of the best forwards in hockey. And so sometimes your talent is just better than the other team's talent, and that's what we saw last night. Mitch Marner scoring that incredible shorthanded goal. Nylander, the pass, unbelievable pass. And then Matthews to win it. Like Sometimes that can be the difference in those games where things aren't rolling, but you've got these otherworldly, otherworldly players to just take you over the top when you're not playing your best as a team. 
And that's what we saw. And that's important going into the playoffs. Yeah. Like, what did you... We haven't, like, gotten a Luca Matthews update in a while. <laughs> and I talk about Austin Matthews every day, so I feel like I sound kind of erratic in that when he had a multi-goal game... When was it? At some point during this road trip. A game where he was kind of... He was pretty good, but it was mostly Mitch Magic happening on the goals that uh, Austin Matthews got. Like, I sit here every day and I analyze his play, and I, often I think, like, oh, it's coming. That really Austin Matthews, mm-hmm. he's going to score two goals a game, and it's just going to look easy for him stretch is coming because that's what we saw last year scoring looked really easy for austin matthews the way that it looks for Connor mcdavid right now something about that wrist shot to win a game in the dying minutes versus a really good team felt really really promising to me absolutely and i, I don't know i've just always when you watch him it's it's so much more than the offensive stuff and mj was talking about it on the broadcast just how he, I'm pretty sure he leads all forwards and block shots. And he does, yeah. You don't want to, I mean, Leafs fan, that might scare you. Oh my you God, a I bit. know. The other night in, yeah, uh, in Vancouver. Vancouver, I was like, Austin, no more. Exactly. But, like, that's just something about his game, and it's a little detail that you might not expect for a guy that just won the Rocket and is one of the best goal scorers in hockey. And when you talk about McDavid being the goal scorer that he is, obviously they play a little bit differently, but defensively, like, Matthews is head and shoulders more valuable and above McDavid. And you can say the same thing about Mitch, and you see it on the shorthanded goal, where he can just create things like that and be so responsible defensively. So I'm always maybe not more impressed with their defensive ability than their offensive ability because they're incredible, but it's always something that stands out when you watch them that they don't lack in that department at all, and they always give the maximum effort in that end of the ice, and it translates. Yeah, and we've been giving Austin specifically, just because the goals haven't been dropping for him this year the way that they have in the past, we've been giving him a lot of love for that defensive play. Mm -hmm. But but in giving him all that love and saying, oh, I know he's not scoring very much, but he's so good defensively this year, it almost takes away from the fact that last year he scored 60 goals and he was actually still really good defensively. It just sure. wasn't the focus. Now, this defensive part of his game is the focus because we're not, we are still watching the Austin Matthews show night in and night out, but it's not like the sold out Hamilton on Broadway version. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a really good point. Do you, do you think, just looking at his numbers now, do you think he gets to 40? He's 11 away. They've got 20 some odd games here left. I hope so, man. Yeah. Like, it'd be really disappointing to go from. 60, like, like 50 30. felt like a lock to me this year. Yeah. And, and we don't know what's going on with Austin Matthews. Like we had Mike Johnson on yesterday, Luca, and he he said something to the effect of this is not insight inside information at all. This is like just me observing Austin Matthews night in and night out. I he he Mike Johnson was like to me he looks like something's off there. Something health-wise is a little bit off and he's playing through it and and if that's the case credit to him mm-hmm. but uh it's just not one of those years where he's going to score 60 maybe someday he'll score 70 like john cooper said he would last year and i did on national television that one time when you and i were on together but that's neither here nor there i love the confidence yeah that was great with your chest. somebody's going to score 70 this year and i said it with conviction yeah might not be austin matthews but <laughs> somebody's going to score 70 Connor is just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. That Saturday game is going to be insane. It's going to be insane. But so, did you see the one last Wednesday, the Leafs and the Oilers? Yeah. It was just like the mo. It was a week from today, and we were so jammed up for it. And then we came in, and it was just disappointing. Yeah. It was Connor McDavid's show, and we're like, where's our horse right now? It, it was. I, I'm looking forward to a bigger game, and there's going to be some major, like, 
I can't imagine. Frankie and I are going to be going crazy on Friday, teeing up the Matt Murray starts on home ice versus Connor McDavid. Like, let's see what he's got at home coming off this injury. I like and the way McDavid just scores all these goals too. Like, I feel like you say it every year where it's like, if he wanted to score fifty, he could. And now we're seeing him. It's like, okay, I'm just going to score seventy this year. It really just does feel like that with him, where. Every time he touches the puck, yeah, he's he's still going to rack up assists and look for teammates, whatever. But yeah. it just seems like his mindset this year was, yeah, I'm going to win every award in the NHL, and it's not even going to be a conversation. No, I feel like none of the awards are a conversation right now. No, like, they, they're all just wrapped up, it seems like. I know the Norris is kind of one, like, yeah. kind of. Like, you can talk Darlene if you want. You can talk, like, yeah. you can talk Norrissy if you want. Like, Eric Carlson is winning the Norris. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's. I think last year's debate was closer between Makar and Yossi. Yeah, I'm sure. Than you it do. was this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was. I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. You're Legi- right. There, there's no. It's going to be Carlson. Allmark's going to get the Vesna. Yep. Like, there's some guys you could, you could probably argue for Hellebuck there or something sure. like that. But no, Allmark's going to be Allmark it. and. <laughs> Connor McDavid will win everything else, and Patrice yeah. Bergeron will win the Patrice we'll Bergeron, the- probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Like the Awards are wrapped up this year. Sorry to whoever's hosting. I just did your job. Uh, Nick Alberga just, just hosted the Leafs Morning Take. He has a show just before ours, and he's going to join us on the other side to chat about last night and his thoughts on what's going on in Leafs Nation right now. But for now, it's Julia Tasheri and Luca Celebre. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050 in the iHeartRadio app. Welcome into Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. It's Julia Tashery, Luca Celebre, with me for the day. My buddy AB on his, uh, I don't know, he's got a stamp card going with cruises, and every 10 he goes on, he gets one free. So I think he's on the freebie right now. But we've got Nick Alberga on the phone right now, host of Leafs Morning Take for the Leafs Nation Network. How's it going, Nick? That was a tremendous transition, Julia. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I got AB over on Instagram. I'm, I'm looking forward to trekking his vacation here. His his vacation posts are out of control. And when you're really lucky, you get on the on the Instagram video. Like he'll send you the Instagram videos as a Snapchat, which is a hilarious way to use Instagram DMs. I'll add. And those videos are out of control. So look forward to those upcoming. I have to I have to give him props too. Like if there's a time to take a vacation, it's right now, right? Because the Mm-hmm. Leafs have, what, 18 games remaining. There's not much to be decided outside of home ice with Tampa. So smart, smart play by AB here. I, I respect it. I respect it so much. <laughs> like, Especially like you mentioned, these last 18 games are just going to feel like such a, such a drag. But last night's was really entertaining. Yeah. Like, I, I loved watching it. And um, we, we've kind of highlighted that the Leafs have just had some success against the Devils. They can't beat the Coyotes, mm-hmm. but they can sure beat those yeah. Devils. What do you think they match up, or why do you think, rather, they match up so well against New Jersey? Or is it something that maybe we're reading a little too much into? Well, firstly, I think it's hilarious, um, and I, I was saying this to Jay Rosehill earlier today on East Morning Take, that I think Devils fans are rapidly ascending, uh, ascending atop my most hated list in the league in terms <laughs> of annoyance and just complaining about everything. Like, remember that game in November where they had three overturned goals and, like, the league was against them, and then last night it continued on, the inadvertent help elbow on Miles Wood, and they went crazy. Like, what's going on here? So... Um, I think it was interesting, too. I had a nice little back and forth with a Devils fan on Twitter yesterday um, just simply stating that the Leafs are 10-0-1 in the last 11 games you mentioned against New Jersey, and this guy came back with the old 1967 joke. It's like, dude, whatever. And then my response I thought was great. I'm like, Sam Lafferty, yes, Sam Lafferty, shut down Jack Hughes, Timo Meyer, and Jesper Bratt, so take that. But to answer your question, 
Um, I do think it's because the Devils play the same type of style as the Leafs. Um, you know, for the most part, outside of the first period where I thought they were really peppered, I thought they played sheltered, they played grounded. They played like a team that were missing two absolute studs in John Tavares and Ryan O'Reilly. And I think uh, they love that back-against-the-wall type of, pro- of approach. I mean, we saw it back in November, and we saw it again yesterday. So that's probably the best way I would equate it. They just have their number, and it happens a lot in this league, sadly. Yeah, that's honestly a good way to describe the Devils fan base. They got a little bit of that little brother syndrome, being the smallest uh-huh. team in that area. They, they, might be, they might be a little whiny, Nick. You might be onto something there. Uh, but the win last night, they're without two of their top three centermen, it's the end of a grueling road trip. They pull out the win. Like, how would you just describe the effort last night? Um, impressive, honestly. I, I thought it was a gutsy victory. Again, um, the, the odds were stacked against them. I think it's important to note, too, that it was a dreaded first game back after a three-game Western swing as well for the New Jersey Devils. So I didn't think they, they were quite themselves. But, I mean, to shut down Jack Hughes, I think, is really, really impressive. He's had an unbelievable year. I thought it was a tough night for Timo Meyer, yeah. But I think... You know, some of the depth guys at Toronto deserve a lot of credit. Like Sam Lafferty, I thought, was outstanding yesterday. And, you know, in general, that Yarn Croak Lafferty Nylander line brought it. And Nylander continues to impress me by the game. He's been an epic story. Um, as Johnny said on the broadcast, I thought Matthews and Marner were hunting all night. They, they were all over the puck. And I think it was well-deserved. It was the hockey gods raining down on them to score that game-winning goal on the power play late. I thought Achari brought something. I thought Aston Reese was really, really good. Michael Bunting. Um, I'm not sure enough is being said about the impact Jake McCabe has, yeah. has has made on this team through four games. I think I was reading last night he hasn't been on for a goal against yet. I know it's a small sample size, but considering some of the teams they've played like the last week, it's it's pretty damn impressive. So you can't help but be optimistic about what this team is putting together. But that's my major takeaway is, is Samsonov was able to weather that storm, obviously getting a bit dinged up there in, in the warm-up, playing and playing really, really good. And, and more of the depth guys really, really standing up, which is great to see. You mentioned so many names that I think we wanted to talk to you about. So let's yeah. start with Lafferty then, because we I know uh, Julia was kind of talking about the line. You look at it. It was a joke throw. line. And then I was like, damn, <laughs> the joke is kind of good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like, is, yeah. are these injuries, uh, you, you never want to see injuries in your top six. But at the same time, when you see a guy like Lafferty step up in that, in that moment, is this kind of a silver lining to be like, okay, we can kind of use this guy in different situations. He's not just a bottom six guy when um, when everyone kind of comes back and is healthy. Yeah, put it this way. He's likely Irish, but I would invite him to any uh, insemi Italian party ever and nice. give him <laughs> bountiful shots of, of lemoncello, whatever the guy wants, because you're so right with that assessment. Like It was the joke line. We talked about it yesterday. I'm like, here's your juicy Sam Lafferty, but it is a pretty damn good pickup. Uh, certainly buried on a team like Chicago has really, really struggled throughout this season. But, like, yeah, they showed me something yesterday. And I, I think it just speaks to professionalism. Like, they weren't joking. I'm sure about that. They weren't laughing about being the second line. Yeah. I thought Yarncroke's been a great story this season and a value buy for them uh, in free agency. You put Lafferty in the middle. Like, the thing I would add, too, is, like, how quickly Lafferty has ascended in terms of the uh, good books of Sheldon Keith, if you will. I know they were limited in terms of center options yesterday, but there's some other guys who probably could have logged a bit more than him, and they didn't because of what Lafferty's put together early on. And obviously this team has, has been after him for a while. 
Um, you know, I think he's really, really reliable defensively, and he's got a motor to him, which is great to see, too. Yeah, we're with Nick Alberger right now, the host of Leafs Morning Take. And of all those new guys, I guess we'll leave Ryan O'Reilly out of it because he's the obvious answer. But of all the mm-hmm. new additions at the deadline, Nick, who do you think game translates the best to the postseason? Uh, it's a good question. I'm going to go with Nola Chari. Um, I said it at the time, and I'm sticking with it. I think that was like the hidden gen uh, pickup of this deadline for the Maple Leafs. I just love the way he commands the game from a physical aspect, especially in that bottom six. And we're not going to get into the debate of analytics against eye tests. That's what I'm here, not here to do. But I think he brings that sort of variable and the intangible you need to have a winning ingredient, if you will, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I like guys that drag you into the fight, like even Luke Shen, what he's put forth in a couple games so far with this team. Because uh, the well's going to run dry. Like, the ice is going to dry up, uh, you know, and we saw it in the first half of last night's game. That's why I wonder about the New Jersey Devils when the games become real and you can't win these crazy 6-5 hockey games. How are they going to react? Who's going to score that big-time goal? And I think a guy like Noah Chari is a perfect example of, of a player who could be that guy who scores the big-time goal. Like, we just had Devontae Smith-Tully on our show earlier today, and if you do recall, 2018 Stanley Cup champion with the Washington Capitals, but he scored seven goals in that cup run for the Washington Capitals, and he was sort of an X-factor for that team. So we were debating on the show today who could be an X-factor for this team moving forward in the postseason. I think Noel Chari is, is a perfect example of a guy who could be. Yeah, he's been fun to watch. I feel like he's just a lot faster than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. And you don't watch a lot of Blues games out, out in this market, obviously, right? But like yeah. these guys always kind of surprise you when they come into Toronto and they look like these under-the-radar moves and they, they turn out to be pretty important pieces and, um, like you said, kind of a playoff guy. You mentioned Jake McCabe as well. Just what has stood out to you about his game maybe something that surprised you if i mean he's another guy that like you said chicago maybe not the best spot to analyze someone's game especially this season but just what has he brought in your eyes to this leafs decor that maybe they didn't have before he arrived i think it's physicality honestly and i think right away we're jumping to conclusions we're looking for somebody to pretty much fill the void left by jake muzzin especially in terms of leadership especially in terms of like you know that defensive-minded type guy and I think so far so good on the McCabe front. Like you're right. I watch a lot of hockey. I watched a lot of Hawks games earlier this season. Did I notice much of Jake McCabe? I mean, probably not. Um, I think in this look where he's a bit more insulated, obviously on this blue line, I think he's going to stand out a bit more. I think he's shown some good signs early on. And I didn't remember how physical this guy was. Like he plays with an edge. He plays with bite. And again, we're not going to have this conversation about puck possession and all that jazz. You need those types of players to be successful in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I do think he bring, brings a bit of that edge that they're missing with Jake Muzzin that you need in the postseason. Uh, somebody, not that just going to, not going to headhunt, but he's going to play physical and, and make it be known every shifter out there, whether it's Kucherov, whether it's Stamkos, whether it's Point, you know, Lister, Tampa Bay Lightning, it's going to be a tough shift for you. And eventually you're going to wear down a bit. Um, so, I think he brings that type of look, which I think is greatly needed. Yeah, he is no fun to play against, and they need that on their blue line. Uh, and we'll stay back there on the blue line for a second, Nick. Morgan Riley, I thought, got it back on the rails alongside Timothy Lilligren last night. W- where are you at yeah. with Morgan Riley? We haven't had a, a Mo check-in with you, and I feel like he's been a hot topic in the city. Where are you at with who his ideal D partner is, and, and at the same time, does it bother you that we're talking about who's going to fix Morgan Riley when, when he's the guy locked in for a whole bunch of years and a whole bunch of money back there? 
It's funny, like I, I'm never one shy to give my opinion. The one guy, the one guy I won't rip openly is Morgan Riley. I just love what this guy. He's a prince. Done. He is. He's a long-standing yeah, like leave. He's been around for some exactly, terrible days. Like, like I don't want to rip the guy either. Yep. And he's marrying a princess. Like they're the perfect yeah. couple. And I just <laughs> they think are Kendall's first couple. <laughs> like, they are. Like it's just it's it's tough because you see him play the way he has this year, and it hasn't been good. You look back at the injury. On top of that, you look at Toronto statistics without Morgan Riley, but. He's like the perfect example of somebody you take for granted, then they're no longer with you, and you're like, damn, why didn't I you know, appreciate what they brought to the table? Having said that, there's a lot of race track, as we know, remaining in this season. I think that's one of the things, uh, from the Leafs' perspective, outside of, like, let's make sure nobody gets injured here, is like Morgan Riley, Kenny Mietic cooking. And I think he's a perfect example of a guy of, you, you rack up a couple points, it goes to your legs. Like, to me, he's never been that defensive stalwart. I think he's a guy who can be an in-between guy who at moments can have some moments where he's like really, really strong defensively. I thought for the most part against a really, really speedy Devils team, I think he showed you know, what he can bring to the table last night. I think they'll do their best to shelter him, but I think it goes without saying if the Leafs are going to do anything substantial this spring, they need a, you know, a Morgan Riley very similar to what we saw in his contract here and then beyond after signing that contract, I believe, last November. I thought he was outstanding, and a big part of his game is production. Like if if Morgan Riley's putting up points, nobody's really talking about him defensively, but unfortunately he hasn't done much on the power play five on five. So that's, I, I think, you know, lighting this fire a bit more, but I got faith in the guy. Again, I just love his commitment to this city. And again, I think he could be an X factor for this team come the postseason. We're talking with Nick Alberga, host of the Leafs morning take for the Leafs nation. Do you have faith in Ilya Samsonov? Because I feel like, I don't know if you have, have talked about this debate yet. It's uh, a hot topic at TSN right now. It Nick. really is. It's Game all Carlo starter. and Aaron Kralnick's fault. <laughs> they, they are of the opinion. I don't know if you've heard any of this yet, but they're of I the opinion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they think that. Matt Murray is going to be the starter game one. The only reason he won't be the starter is if he's unavailable. And you know what? O-Dog actually agreed with him the other day. And me and AB are like, what are we, young and foolish? We're the only two people at this network that, that think that Samsonov's going to start game one? I'm with you there. I, I think, like, if if I had to make the decision, I'd go with him too. But who, You can understand where they're coming from, because I believe the Leafs coming into the season probably hoped that Murray was going to be their starter in the playoffs. Yeah. But it just doesn't look like that's the case right now, Nick. Yeah, I was just going to look over at Hockey DB, who played for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Uh, that's <laughs> right. probably my answer. Hey, they tra- uh, traded Sandine. It's over. <laughs> exactly. It, 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 the pipeline's over. You're so right. Um, you know, I think it's so fascinating. I even joked a couple months back with Jay Rose, former Leaf, that maybe they should do a bit of a timeshare. I mean, that's not really going to be a thing. But you look at the body of work, the numbers of Ilya Samsonov, specifically on home ice. Um, you know, I'll, I'll answer this by saying, very, very likely we see both goalies play. At least two of these guys play in that first round against Tampa. I just think that's the way things are trending, not just with the Leafs, but other teams around this league. Maybe notwithstanding Tampa, you're going to see Vasilevsky uh, very likely every minute. Series. Um, I, I see where they're coming from when it comes to Matt Murray, but there's a lot of checklist items I need to see before I'm ready to announce him as my Game 1 starter. You know, Among them being like the last 18 games, can he stay healthy? I always like to bring up, I was in the alumni suite a couple, uh, January 27th, I think it was, with Jay Rosehill. The Ottawa Senators are in town. I'm excited to see Matt Murray. I love revenge. I love that angle. I show up for the anthem. And your boy's wearing a ball cap on the bench. Shut up. You were there? I didn't (laughs) realize you were there. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly, and I see Ilya Samsonov out there, and Buddy's in the ball cap on the bench. I, I just think he's really, really unreliable. I think he's shown flashes where he can be a really, really strong netminder, and people are going to bring up the resumes, one, two Stanley Cups. I get it, so I understand where they're coming from. But I think the the the, the stronger sample size to me has been Ilya Samsonov. But again, we'll see how it translates down the stretch. There's still a, a bunch of games left, right? All right. Yeah, totally. Okay, we'll let you go on this one, Nick. And it's kind of like a philosophical question. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they, they beat the the Flyers last night. When you're on a slide, all you got to do is play the Flyers and hopefully you can get them back on the rails. So they had a nice moment last night. Do you feel any differently about the Leafs-Tampa first-round series now than you did, say, five months ago when we first figured out that they were probably going to play one another once again in the first round? Well, firstly, as an Italian, I think we should renounce Anthony D'Angelo after what he did last year. Oh, he's done. He's done in this town. Yeah, yeah. Shocking him and the Al's brothers. Like, what are you doing? Um, Secondly, (laughs) to answer your question, um, probably not. Um, We talked about this on the NHL Fantasy on Ace podcast the other day about Tampa. Do I feel any differently about them? No, I don't. They do this every year. The sky's not falling. Uh, you know, I think it was curious to see that there was their five game, their first five game winless skit since 2014. Having said that, there's just so many gamers on that roster, right? And and to me, you talk about the goaltending. I don't care if it's Joseph Ball. I don't care if it's uh, Eric Schalgren, Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov, Michael Hutchinson, who's back in the league, by the way, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're taking on Mariano Rivera, and that is what I call Andre Vasilevsky. This guy is just onions when it matters most in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the resume speaks for itself. So. To me, no, the, the conversation is not any different. At the end of the day, they're going to need that big-time goal when, you know, effectively they could have Tampa on the ropes and know that the best shot is coming. But, to, like, it's going to be interesting because there's going to be so much, you know, there's going to be a bout of scrutiny and adversity in that series, and I'm so curious to see if the Leafs can overcome that finally. Yeah, it, it feels like, I said to AB the other day, even if they're up 3 nothing, I still probably won't mm-hmm. feel good about it in the series. So it's going to take yeah. a win to make me a believer. But, but Nick, we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we hope you can stop by again soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you. Nick Alberga, he hosts the Leafs Morning Take for the Leafs Nation alongside Jay Rosehill, another beauty. Uh, what about you, Luca? Do you feel any different? Like, we've known that the Leafs are going to play Tampa we know what their rosters are. They're set. Like, have you, has your feelings changed at all in that series? Did you feel a certain way about that series when we first knew that it was going to happen in like November compared to now? Uh, I guess with the deadline moves, maybe. Like, did that move the needle for you? I think so because they got O'Reilly. I think like that, and hopefully you can be back for that. But I think outside of the O'Reilly move, the other ones are kind of just like okay, like he he. Kyle Dubas made a bunch of moves, and they could be good, they could be bad, indifferent, but the O'Reilly one's like the big swing, where it's, yeah. you brought in this Conn Smythe winner, you brought in a top six forward that's not Nick Felino or um, someone like of that caliber. Not saying Nick Felino isn't good. He, it was injuries, an injury issue. The, yeah, yeah that, was, that situation was just crazy in itself. Um, but that makes me feel differently about it. I just, when I look back at that series and think about it, I I just think of like those non calls in that game. What was it? Game six where they were on uh, the road in Tampa. That and, high stick to curve. Yeah, like, and I, I'm kind of just like they were there. Like they they had they were them. there. They were goal away. Like it is what it is. But I, didn't I feel think disappointed. I'm disappointed. You yeah, I'm gonna be crushed though if they lose in the yeah, first it, oh, round if again. They lose again like, do you feel any differently about? So I guess the opponent doesn't matter yeah. because they were better than Columbus in the bubble. They were better than. 
the Canadians in the bubble round one. I don't even know what the past couple seasons have been. But they were better than both of those teams. Tampa, like, that was a pretty even matchup last year. Mm -hmm. It's still a pretty even matchup. Do you feel any differently about Tampa this year, though, compared to last year? Because the Leafs have definitely gotten a little bit better, a little bit stronger defensively. They've got these resident mean boys on the blue line that'll beat you up and a couple up front now, too, which is good. Do you feel any differently about Tampa now? I like, Pallad so. is a big loss. Yep. McDonough's a big loss. I was going to say, defensively, a couple of big losses on the blue line from last season to this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hagel has played great. True. But when you're talking about guys producing, like, Sorelli isn't isn't a huge point producer. He's a really great player. Like, yeah. for the role that he plays, he is unbelievable. Like, love watching Anthony Sorelli play. Um, but then you're you're talking about Hedman is kind of banged up, but Cole, Chernak, Bogosian. They're, defi- they're awesome. They're, they're definitely little... not as deep as they were before, no, though. No, definitely not. And I, I just think that fatigue is going to just set in at some point here. You've made it to three straight Stanley Cup finals that's a lot of hockey you're playing. The last one was just a heartbreaking loss in the cup final. Yeah, that was heartbreaking when they yeah. lost. I remember my heart breaking for Pat Maroon when he did his post-game avail and he was obviously emotional. Like, I remember my heart breaking for that guy and then I was reminding myself there. Big Bad Tampa, they made those t-shirts with the yeah. they cheatered stuff. Like they, But still, they, they, they were pulling on my heartstrings a little with that loss. You know how much it means to them. I'll and they're gamers. Forget. That's the thing that'll never change about Tampa. Like Those guys, their core... They're gamers. And that, oh, yeah. to me, that and Vasilevsky is kind of the X factor when it comes to the playoffs. 100%. I'll never forget just sitting after Kadri scored the OT winner. We were in St. John. Yeah, we? No, I was there. And sitting in John Cooper's press oh, conference, was it was already John. like they had lost the series. Like, he was just so distraught and like... Just down in the dumps already. Well, he's a gamer too. He's the a that huge guy gamer. is an he's OG incredible. gamer because he him. comes in Toronto. And he's like, oh, Toronto's so good. They have an amazing <laughs> hockey team. It's gonna be really hard to beat them. Like he gives all this bright. Like after that, I didn't buy that he was actually heartbroken and defeated. I thought that was all an act and they were gonna come back. I don't know. They won the next game, so I guess it worked out kind of. He's well, a gamer but, oh, too. He's a gamer for sure. But Who I've never else seen a coach the league, like that. How many coaches in the league? could get away with benching their top line for the entirety of a period. There's very few coaches that could it's get true. away with that. It's true. I, I, Bednar's done it kind of with McKinnon. Like, yeah, McKinnon, they've got beef. Yeah, they've got <laughs> they've had they, beef. They had beef, but yeah. like obviously they, they both are but on the But it wasn't the whole page. line. Like, no, it who, was just Who him. else in the league has the cachet to do that? I don't think anyone does. Rindamore, maybe? Maybe Rod. Maybe I'm thinking like Marty St. Louis in, in Montreal. Yeah, like, I, I don't even know what the top line your... in Montreal is. I don't know if it even can to the top line. That's like, the thing. He could do that. Because it's not just benching your top line. It's benching Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, Nikita stars. Kucherov. Your like stars. stars, players. Hall of Famers. Yeah, one exactly. Day. <laughs> it's not benching Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, and Josh Anderson. No, you know? not exactly the same thing. Uh, it's Wednesday, y'all, and even though AB's not here and this is his favorite game, we're going to play some Word Association Wednesday. So we'll catch you on the other side. For Luca Celebre, it's Julie Tasheri. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Wednesday? Wednesday? Mm. What? What Wednesday? Time for Word Association Wednesday on Leafs Lunch. One word, full of meaning. What is that word? Word. 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 Word.
Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. Ah, our favorite sting and our favorite little game on a Wednesday. Julie Tashari and Luca Celebre with you, and we're going to bring in our producer, Josh, now to do a little word association Wednesday. So the way this one works, guys, is Josh is going to say a word, and you and I, Luca, just have to say the first things that come to mind when he says the word. All right. And as such, word association. Josh, take yep. it from there, buddy. Yep. Big Maple Leafs win, guys. That was a that was a hell of a performance from everyone. You know when the when the man's down, you gotta have those unsung heroes to put him right back up. So coming off that game, gonna read you a statement, you just reply with a word. And what do you think? So we're gonna go Mitch Marner's goal. Shorthanded breakaway, the magician does it again. One word to describe that goal by Marner. Ew. Yeah. My, fir- my word is ew. That was a disgusting, disgusting effort. And as soon as he poked that puck loose, you knew he was getting a breakaway or he was going to get a penalty shot. The move did not disappoint. I mentioned that Anna Dua was at the game last night. I'm so excited to ask her about that in person. That was pure Mick- Mitch magic. Usually it's on an assist, but that was an ew goal. Filthy was, was Filthy. my word. Yeah, disgusting, gross, whatever. You fill in the blank. <laughs> I like, like it. So nasty, and the Sally was just incredible too. Yeah, he he's a king of shorties. He he loves yep. the occasional shorty, and it's nice after a couple of games of the power play being scored on for the penalty kill to to get a shorty of their own. All right, Josh. Ilya Samsonov looked pretty good throughout the first two periods. Amazing saves down the end of the stretch. It was fifteen to two in shots after the second, and it was nuts. And he was making all those saves. But how would you describe Ilya Samsonov's performance? Against the Devils. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Because it didn't have, like, the, the Halla tip, like, I get it, he tipped it with one hand, whatever, but I, that that Probably should never go in. Yeah. 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 I'm going with encouraging. Hmm. They've mentioned, so he like got that. a little bit banged up in warm-ups. Uh, Al's brothers, whatever, Nick Alberga said, that was hilarious. He got a little banged up in warm-ups. He's played a ton of hockey recently. Like, he's not conditioned to playing the amount of hockey that he is currently playing. He was barraged in the first period. Yeah, to your point, the last 40 weren't exactly uh, the tidiest of, of minutes for, for Samsonov, but those first 20 kind of give him a get-out-of-jail-free card for anything that would have happened that game. Yeah, four wins in his last five games. Terrific month of February. Let's see if he can perform up to that standard throughout the rest of the season. Maple Leafs coming off a, they'd say, pretty rough road trip. It was pretty tiring, uh, pretty grueling at points, but they came out 3-2. and two. How would you describe, one word, the Maple Leafs road trip? Ooh. Okay, I have to go, like, I have to remember when this road trip started. I know, I was just looking at their... Their schedule. Because um, the whole trade deadline happened on the road. Like, how long have they been on the road? They were, on, they were at home. Uh, the last time they were at home was Friday, February 24th, I think, against the Minnesota Wild. They beat the Kraken. They lost to the Oilers. They beat the Flames. Like, this, okay, so my word is roller coaster. This road trip has been a roller coaster because they started off with a really tidy win over a very good Seattle team. And then they had a pitiful performance against this Oilers team that we were so hyped up to see, and they just kind of gave us nothing. It was Bruce Springsteen's fault. There's a whole, there's a whole conspiracy about that now. My goodness. <laughs> uh, they beat the Flames on the second half of a back to back in a really impressive effort. 
the Canucks game was terrible. And then last, it was a roller coaster. And that's all I have to say about it. They yeah. lost some players. Some players came. Like, it was a roller coaster. That's it. Yeah, that's a really good word to describe it. Oh, goodness. Um... Is it just the experience of being a no Leafs words. fan? Like, is it just I think the Leafs experience? Like, if there's a phrase to describe it, it's that one. If it, if it's not one word, like, can I just not do it with the spaces then? So yeah, just spell it all together. Leafs fan. That all is the Leafs experience. Like, how could anyone ever know what to expect? You heard Ralphie say it off the top of the show. Like, oh, welcome to being a Leaf fan. You just some nights you blow a major, like you you have a terrible game against Vancouver, and then you come back and you beat this really scrappy New Jersey Devils team. It makes no sense, but it is the life of a Leaf fan. All right, quick one here before we go. Oilers, Sabres, Avalanche, Hurricanes. That is the next four games at home for the Toronto Maple Leafs. One word to describe how you're feeling if you're the Maple Leafs. Popcorn. I'm, I'm excited. I, I just yeah. want to watch them against all of these teams, especially the Avs. I keep forgetting that that's next Wednesday. Pumped. Hyped. Um, it's going to be awesome. The last time they were here, though, the Avs lost like 7-2, and it was You maybe, ate to see it. It was eight. The, oh, it was eight. It was Because eight. DZ tweeted, you ate to see it. That's right. It might have been the worst night of uh Alex was happy. Your oh, girlfriend, was, Luca Dates a Leaf fan. She was so pumped and like... <laughs> She was she was rubbing it in, which I absolutely respect because yeah. I would be doing the same thing. So that was revenge, I guess, is maybe my word for that specific game. Right. Okay, my feeling about this upcoming homestand is fired up or, or excited. I, I think the Leafs should be excited about it, too. They've had this weird stretch where they play some terrible teams and some good teams, but it'll be a nice to play some, some just gearing up for this postseason, some teams that you know are a threat. And uh, games that they can hopefully pick up points in because, you know, they don't like to pick up points against the terrible teams, only the good ones. Uh, and then TSN 1050 has your easiest chance to win Leafs tickets all season long. Follow at TSN 1050 on Instagram. Find our latest giveaway posts, like it, and tell us who you would bring to see Luca to the Leafs versus Sabres on March 13th. Oh, I thought you were going to give me Leafs abs there. <laughs> I'm not going to give you anything. We're giving the good people some I know. Well, Leafs I Sabres thought, tickets we on March 13th. A winner will be announced Friday right here on Leafs Lunch. Lots to come still. We're going to have Kevin Woodley join us on the other side. We'll get deeper into the goaltending conversation. More to come. Hour two of Leafs Lunch next on TSN 1050.